Scrolling episode number 90. I'm Ket. Joining me as always, Davia Starjumper. How's it going, dude? Going good. Awesome. Glad to hear it. And today we have a special guest. You've heard the shout outs. You've seen his blast bones on your death recap. You may have paid him 500,000 gold for him to tell you what his build is. Uh, he's the last of the Stam Crow mains, the official build consultant of the Scrolling podcast and our good friend, Uncle Sam. Sam, how's it going, dude? What a title. My goodness. I, I feel so honored. I feel like the red carpet was rolled out. I worked on that intro for you, man. I like edited thank you, thank it and you. I, I revised. That's um, well, it's, it's good to have you back. The last time you were here is right about a year ago, I think it was. And I gave you a little uh, mini interview to kind of give people an idea of, of what you're all about. We're not going to do that all again, but I'm going to test my memory and see if I remember the details of, of what we talked about then. Okay. So, um, you're a Necromancer main, right? That is correct. You started playing during the Elsewhere expansion? Two for two. And uh, number one dueler PCNA? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> too, right. much, too much, too uh, much. <laughs> you just missed it, kid. Yeah. You just uh, missed it. All two for three. Memory. Uh, okay, so you have uh, some alts. You have uh, one of every class, right? I do. Um, the ones that I really, when I think of your alts, the ones I really think of are your Sork and your Nightblade in particular. Your Sork really has pro proliferated throughout our entire Discord server. Everybody <laughs> has their own kind of copy, their own version of, of your Sork build. When it the, works. What we all call the, the Execute Sork. Really awesome build. Uh, Kavach Gladiator. That's the secret, guys. That's the yep. secret. Shh, don't tell anybody though. <laughs> I know it pains you that the secret's out now. It does. It does. I didn't think after months of me holding it you to myself. It. Yeah, you had it, it under wraps. Oh uh, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. You I wouldn't tell anyone for, for I think two or three months, and then I finally let it loose, and I was like, oh, I've had plenty of time, and now it still hurts every now and then that <laughs> other people know. Like seriously, five or six people on our Discord server yeah. just like have copy pasted that build and are like pa pasting screenshots of like 30 kills a match and crazy stuff like that uh, we have enough that we have official sork knights now <laughs> we <Yeah>. do yeah <laughs> we'll tell a little story about that later i think um but for now um so uncle sam is here so that can only mean one thing that's right it's time for another bg report uh, so if you haven't listened to the BG report before, what it is, is we basically just do a deep dive into the current state of Battlegrounds. We, uh, we talk all about the, the ins and outs of the, of the current meta uh, in Battlegrounds specifically. Um, so we're not taking any considerations for like open world or anything or dueling or anything like that. Um, and so we'll kind of do a general sort of deep dive of the overall situation and then we'll do the, the really juicy part uh, where we rank all the classes and subclasses from Worst to best. So, um, let's just start off with a general state of battlegrounds, and uh, I'll just start us off with wardens. Everywhere, wardens <laughs> are the general state of battlegrounds <laughs> uh, at the moment. Um, probably half the players you go up against a lot of the time tend to be wardens, uh, and as a result, it's an extremely tanky meta. Davis, you and I have been playing about the same amount of time. Can you remember a tankier meta ever than what we're in right now? I don't think so. I really, I really don't think so. With the the tankiness combined with the CC, it That's is. It. Um, I've never been so stuck. 
<laughs> yeah. The, the crowd control really is a, a factor to that as well. Because yes. not only is it difficult to deal damage to people because they are so resilient, but your your combos are constantly being broken up by this mm-hmm. constant crowd control. Like, never not crowd controlled all the time. Um, that's another, I think that's another symptom of Wardens being so popular, right? Because yeah, they're kind of Frost-themed, or at least that's being pushed on them very much this uh, this current meta. But it's not just Wardens. I feel like a lot of people are kind of being inspired by these Warden builds. I've seen Templars, Dragon Knights, spamming Wall of Frost everywhere they go as well. You know, it's just kind of like a popular thing to do is just spam that AoE crap everywhere. So not very fun. I feel like every meta everyone always says it's a tanky meta like if you go to the official forums like it doesn't matter what balance changes are made there's always people saying like oh it's going to be a tanky meta but man this is the real deal this is really like it's <laughs> it can be absolutely impossible to kill people we finally got the real tanky meta yeah it's for real here uh we've talked about before how the the random only queue i think is a big factor as well because that actually gives you the incentive to build that way right yeah, absolutely. If those options are in the game, it wouldn't matter if we didn't have the incentive to actually use those things. I think that's kind of what's going on. But on the upside, um, I think if you kind of take all the wardens and put them into a bubble and kind of set that to the side and look at everything else, uh, I do think build diversity is kind of at an all-time high, if, if you ignore the wardens, you know. Um, <laughs> but there is this kind of like renaissance going on of like all kinds of different builds. You see like, bow dks and you know weird stuff like that actually getting good results um that might be a bad example because bow builds are kind of seems to be kind of drying up here lately um i think that might be kind of because of the wardens because bow builds are very ineffective against them i saw a force pulse corrosive spamming dk the other day that was unbelievably effective so yeah the renaissance (laughs) is here I have ran into that same build. I suspect it's an Oaken Soul build, just running yep. really high. Don't blame uh, the Oaken Soul. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> really high ulti gen. Yes. And they're just staying corrosive and spam force pulls at you from long range. That's the entire offense, is that one ability. And it'll melt you in like two global cooldowns. Even really, really in rough. Mist Form, every force pulse was probably taking 20% of my health in Mist yeah. Form. Totally brutal. Because corrosive armor, that's giving them 100% penetration against you. So you're just taking every single point of damage from that freaking force pulse. Because, yeah, DK, DKs are balanced to be, like, in melee range, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that corrosive armor, it's not so bad considering that. But you give them something like force pulse, and it's a, it's a different situation. Um, another thing I do like about the current meta is that damage is very deliberate and intentional you know you're, you're not you're really not fighting the environment you know like if someone's attacking you they are looking at you and they are casting abilities at you like on purpose you know and i, I do like that about the current meta i don't i don't like metas where we're just fighting proc sets and dots and people are killing you without even meaning to you know that's that's no fun so i i can't enjoy that about the yeah. meta as well that is a really good point like when you when you die in a bg you know usually you know who it was that, that got the kill on you I can't think of any current proc set that is giving me an issue, but there are certain proc sets that you'll find on a warden that will reduce your mobility down to zero that uh, have been a a real factor for me in placing it on our BG list. I'll tell you a proc set that has been an issue for me lately is the Engine Guardian monster set. You're right, actually. That one, too. 
the popularity of that thing. I don't know what it is. All of a sudden, everyone is wearing that thing, and it is infuriating. <laughs> that thing is everywhere right now. It's everywhere, and you can just never target the person wearing it. It's really annoying. Super effective, and it gives you really good sustain as well. It's a great monster set, honestly. I refuse to use it, though. That's one of those that just I won't put on a build. Um, I have noticed lately there hasn't been a ton of dark conversions. You see it now and then, but really not a lot of it. Uh, Plague Break really isn't a huge issue these days. Rush of Agony, honestly, the popularity of that seems to have faded as well. So those kind of, I'm trying to like kind of list off the, the positive things about the meta. You know, we went through all the, there's too much CC, everyone's so tanky, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, good build diversity aside from the Wardens, damage is deliberate. Um, these certain proc sets that were such a pain in the past really aren't very present these days. Those are good things. Um, so really, you know, there's a bit of good, bit of bad going on. And of course, as we stated lots of times before, it's always in cycles. This tanky meta is not going to last forever. Um, we'll have a high damage meta and then we'll have another tanky meta and on and on and on. Any other general observations about just kind of the general state of battlegrounds before we move on? I, I, I got one, but I'm a little okay. hesitant. I'm a little hesitant to dive into this, but here <laughs> okay. we, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You know, I was thinking about this and, and, you know, we don't, we don't have to go into this part of it too much, but. I was, you know, scrolling through the Discord and kind of looking at all these screenshots. We've had some great screenshots of just people in the Discord just wrecking in BGs, just having fantastic BGs. Um, Sam, a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it just kind of got me thinking uh, that really of, you know, we're talking about of, you know, all time and, and where we've been, especially me and you, Kid, have played all the way back since, you know, one Tamriel. Right. I like I think right now kills are at an all time low in terms of value in an actual BG. Yeah. Like getting kills, the actual value of getting a kill in BG is an all time low. The value is being tanky and staying alive and avoiding kills so that you can achieve the objectives, but getting actual kills, there's there's really very little value in it right now. Yeah, it's just deathmatch is the one mode that incentivizes that at all. Yep. You know, and you get that statistically way less often than you should. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if I could add a point, yep. I haven't been playing as long as you guys, but at least since the Elsewhere patch, I've never had to go around so many targets before. At least when I first started playing, everyone was a potential kill, or yes. at, at least, you know, 99% of players. Now... Yep. In every BG, there's going to be a few people that you will literally play around them because they're not going to die. You have to hunt for killable yeah. targets. And it yeah. kind of sucks because you end up like really focusing a handful of players that you that are even possible to kill. You know, you just end up kind of tunnel visioning just them. And, it, you know, it seems like the situation where you're really focusing them, but you're just, you don't want to waste time on someone that cannot be killed. Right. Yeah. And I'm worried that that is a... Um, a spiral because if you're focusing on those squishier players who are also building for damage so they can get kills i mean if if they're gonna die over and over and over and their teammate who does nothing as a tank never dies it's gonna start looking real good to them to make a tank yeah absolutely skuma says there's a general decline in skillful players and uh, i agree with that and davius i think that goes with what you were kind of the point you were alluding to that 
Battlegrounds have been, I think, intentionally geared to be more casual, friendly, more appealing to people who aren't skilled combatants, but they can, you know, they can run the relic, they can stand on the flag, and they can win the match and feel like they accomplished something. I, I do think that that's the idea. They don't want it to be so competitive on the combat end of things. Yeah. That only makes sense as they have a ranked mode for the card game, but they do not have any kind of ranked mode for ah. BGs. <laughs> Don't get me started, Sam. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Welcome in, by the way, Skuma. I didn't see you come in, man. Thanks for coming. Um, well, let's um, let's kind of start getting into this class ranking situation. I'm going to give us a little bit of a preface here, just to kind of give people an idea of how we came up with this stuff. So, uh, first of all, in the past, we've always talked about this in terms of magicka builds and stamina builds. Um, we're gonna we're going to do away with that terminology this time, and instead we're going to go melee and ranged. So everything's going to be uh, split between a melee version of a class and a ranged version. Uh, and in either case, they could be magicka or stamina, right? Like a ranged sorcerer could be holding a fire staff or they could be holding a bow. And we have friends that are that do both, you know. <laughs> Actually, Sam, you're your sork build. You literally have both on that build. I do. I have one bow, one staff. Um... So we'll be going melee versus ranged, uh, and there'll be a couple of exceptions we'll talk about along the way. This is all going to be from a deathmatch perspective. So we're not taking any other modes into consideration. We're talking about a, a effectiveness in a deathmatch is the consideration here. Because uh, everything else, it's a totally different, everything's a, a totally different consideration if we're talking about standing on flags and everything else. Um, I do want to remind people that it's all a very narrow range that we're talking about here. The The difference between the best on the list and the worst on the list is pretty small, actually. And in the hands of a good player, like I'll give you a quick little spoiler here. Um, um, hope you don't mind me giving it away, Sam. Uh, Melee Necromancer <laughs> oh, is last oh no. on our list. <laughs> um but if you were to run into our friend Uncle Sam here on his Melee Necromancer in a battleground, you would not draw that conclusion that they would, <laughs> you would be not the worst, the, last, the you would worst not class the you could one. play in a battleground. Um, but that's a that's a necro main playing their main. You know, uh, a good player is a good player no matter what class they're playing on. So always keep that in mind. Um, the criteria that we're using to sort of come up with these scores and stuff, we're uh, we're going off of killing power. We're going off of group synergy and general popularity. Uh, and popularity alone can carry things pretty far, as we'll see. Um, and so all three of us, me, Davius, and Sam, we all made our own list, our own sort of order. Uh, and then with the power of math, we combined them into <laughs> to one master list. Uh, and so that's what we'll be reading here. Um, I figured we'd be a little more normal this time. And instead of starting with number one, we'll start at the bottom and work our way to, to number one. Um, so we're... We're evolving the show. We're improving, learning new, <laughs> still, <laughs> new tricks. Still getting better. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a list of 10 here. Um, you might expect 12, but uh, Dragon Knights and Wardens only get one entry on the list because I kind of figured all Dragon Knights are melee. I mean, you run into a ranged DK now and then, but typically they're just melee. Uh, and in my experience, a Warden's a Warden, you know, and I, I can't really tell whether they're using magic or stamina abilities, it's usually a mix. So Zoss wants them to have a frost staff. <laughs> That's true. I was going to argue that there is two wardens last patch when there were some dizzy swing wardens, but now the ice staff's better than makes it. You can't dizzy swing anyway. So 
Yeah. There's one warden now, for sure. And then we'll talk about werewolf kind of as an aside at the end and sort of theoretically, where would we put them? We don't really count them in the list, but uh, we'll theoretically put them in at the end. Uh, for you, Skuma. <laughs> just, just for Skuma. <laughs> so let's start with number 10. Sam, it's got to hurt. Oh, Melee goodness. Necromancer. Last never, on the list. Never seen it sink this low before, Kit. And I was surprised when you sent me your personal list, you had Melee Necromancer at the very bottom as well. So you're, you didn't let your bias get in, the, get in the way? No, I was not taking it as a, like my... Per, I was taking it from the perspective of what threats I encounter in, in the BG and never do one I ever even see a Stamina Necro. <laughs> yeah. And if there right. is one, they're of absolutely no threat at all yeah they really aren't threatening it wasn't long ago they were like tippy top man they were like yeah you know like stamina brawlers like a couple of years ago stam brawlers were kind of the thing and they were the best of the brawlers it wasn't even too bad when my intensive mender still healed me for full heals when i could get out there and brawl a bit i feel like sam secretly loves this he's nobody's out there taking that's true necromancer build he's he's all alone on an island (laughs) that is secretly what's really nice about having a an underperforming class is like if that's your main and you can figure out how to still make them good it feels extra awesome it does to pull that off that mender nerf hurt hurt pretty bad is that that, you think that's a big factor that one keeps me up at night Um, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I wake up out of nightmares still still thinking about me running in without the uh, the tooltip anymore. Yeah, it's sad. It was it needed to be nerfed. But it might have been nerfed a no, little too hard. I don't know. <laughs> we predicted it. We predicted you it. Did? Whenever uh, you called it. Whenever hybridization went down, we're like, yeah. "What about all these stam crows with the mender? That's going to be nuts." And I got it to a 15k tooltip every two seconds. Oh my gosh! Those were the good days. <laughs> I am curious. Did you switch your morph on the mender, or do you still I use did. the? Yeah, I that's what I was. I think that's what most players are probably doing. It only got half as nerfed if you switched it to the other morph. However, the other morph was just mathematically worse than the uh, intensive mender. So now I have the one that absorbs ten percent of your incoming yeah. damage. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's not bad. But I'm with you. I don't see them. I don't run into. Stam crows or melee necros, uh, hardly ever. Uh, and I think you know, cri- uh, one of our criteria is popularity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think cr- popularity alone brings them pretty close to the bottom. They also they're brawlers, like a melee necromancer. They compete with dragon knights and wardens in that space, and they just they just don't hold up in either case. Yep. So. It sucks, but like we said, if you run into Sam in a battleground and he's on his necromancer, uh, you know, I wouldn't take that situation lightly. Oh yeah, he can take a DK. <laughs> um, so okay, we'll move on along. Uh so that's number ten. Number nine, we have Necromancer again. Necromancer Oof. bombers. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, a lot of do. So our what we're cons- what we're calling a range necromancer is really just specifically bombers. Uh yeah. that's really basically the only necromancer that exists in battlegrounds these days if you see a necromancer they're a bomber that's what they are or maybe a healer um they're not super popular i don't see them a lot these days except if you're in super sweaty pre-mades they do play a crucial role in that particular setting every every great team has one yeah most of them if you if they're if they're if you're putting together like an optimized team and you really want to be the best. You're probably going to have a necro bomber on there. From my 
perspective, I've noticed that the teams that have those bombers that are actually capable of blowing a whole team up, they've got to run real squishy this patch. So yeah, they, they, they have sure to push do. the damage so high that they they're 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 not a hard kill to get if you can if you can catch them out. That is true. I won't say any names, but there's a particular one in a, in yeah. a guild that we're in that I always gun for because I know he's squishy. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's always a good sport about it. Um, but yeah, there, you don't see them a lot. Um, if we were talking about like just a if we're just talking about pre-maids only and nothing else, they'd probably be a lot higher on the list. Um, so not much else to say about them. Anything else about bombers? The only thing I would just say about Necro is that, and and there's not a whole lot of them, but you know, me me and you, Kit, both have one. Is the kind of the CC support Necro, uh, and I actually that's think, a fun way to play on. I think they're actually in an okay spot, but Warden has kind of uh, stolen their thunder. Right, uh, I was about <laughs> this, to mention yeah. that. this Warden meta. is so strong, and that Mender nerf does hurt. Yes, that does hurt. That's, that spec. That's one of the things that was so nice about that type of build as a support is like you can. You can afford to put all these CC abilities on your bar instead of healing abilities because that mender alone is doing so much work. Not really the case anymore. It's still yeah, a good well, way to play them, though. Well, you're controlling the crowd. Your mender would be healing me oftentimes. So you can yes. be yeah. trapping the enemy and he can be healing me, but now the heal is meaningless almost. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's a lot more challenging kind of build to play. Still fun and still still effective. It just requires a bit more kind of intentional heals. Um, all right, so that's number nine. Number eight on our list of ten. Look who's not last anymore. Ranged Nightblade. <laughs> what we would have called a Magblade in the past. Moving up. I don't think they've ever not been last on our BG report list. This is the first time ever. And not they've moved up two spots. Yeah. It's big time. So congrats, Nightblades. Most improved. They get the most improved reward uh, award. I'd give that to uh, Again, popularity. <laughs> Probably so, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I I still maintain wardens before all these insane buffs. Wardens were already extremely powerful. They just weren't very popular for whatever reason. I agree. I can agree. You look that. at their toolkit; it was all there already. Um. Anyway, range nightblades. I just don't see a ton of them. You see them once in a while, but I feel like popularity has declined quite a bit. Or I don't know if it's declined. It just never was super high in battlegrounds. I wonder, Kat, if that has any bearing on how high your MMR is. Just because I had just recently made a new character, and in low MMR BGs, there's a whole lot of sniping Nightblades um, shooting out. Uh, uh, I can definitely believe that. Are they getting kills? Uh, I mean, the popularity is, is absurdly high. I, I would say there's a few, but not not many. And normally it comes from, help me with this set, there's a set when you do critical poison damage, there's a, a scavenging maw will come out, mm. uh, a oh, proc yeah. set that will help them out. Occasionally yeah. that will uh, snipe a kill for them, but it, they're pretty popular in low MMR, but you rarely see them in high MMR. Yeah, that's probably it. I, I've experienced that on Nightblade in general. As your, as your MMR climbs, it's a lot more challenging to, to yep. get results with a Nightblade. I, I would be interested. I, bet I would be willing to bet that the most popular character for like a new ESO player is a, a range type Nightblade. Yeah, that's the oh, one yeah. I started on uh, too. A Khajiit bow Nightblade. Right? Yeah. That's got to be the most popular <laughs> thing that a first time player does. Not everybody's first time character. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the fact that wardens are so prevalent is a, a big deterrent to just range builds in general, right? Because wardens are basically immune to range attacks with their shimmering shield. Um, Nightblades also compete with Templars or ranged Nightblades. They compete with Templars and Sorcerers for that niche of that like sort of long range executioner sort of role. Um, that's the niche they need to be trying to fill and they just don't hold a candle to Templar or Sork in that regard. Yeah. Um, Nightblade in general has extremely predictable offense. Even melee Nightblades do, but melee Nightblades are at least close enough where your reaction time needs to be very quick in order to avoid that damage. Whereas with a ranged Nightblade, you know, they have that predictable offense and that long travel time and they just rarely land the combo. They can have very good heals. That is one thing, you know, a Nightblade can be built to have extremely good heals and that's something they can bring to the table. And I think that's a big reason why they're number eight instead of number 10. Yep. I see it. Anything else about ranged Nightblade? I guess not. We're moving <laughs> along. <laughs> moving right along. Number seven, uh, Melee Templar has fared better than I expected they would on this list. I was thinking they were going to be a bit lower than this, but Melee Templar, like a typically probably what I'm thinking of, like a jab spamming Templar, but you very well could be using, you know, Dizzying Swing or Rapid Strikes or whatever. Um, mine's still going to be using jabs, uh, and that's going pretty well. But yeah, number seven, Melee Templar. Davius, what do you think? Do you think like the the massive nerfs that Templars have gotten recently could be playing a factor in where they're at on this list right now? <laughs> I think you just I think you just summed it up pretty well. You had legit excitement about melee Templars being number seven out of ten. Like you were actually excited about that. You're like, all right, seven, here we go. Um, I was feeling good about seven. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that kind of sums up uh the current state of, of the melee Templar. Ket, I'm gonna call you out here. Okay. Are, is, are, do ahead. you have a little bias of why Templar made it this high in the list? Because your personal Templar is doing excellent right now. Do you think other melee Templars are doing well and they're not just doing well because they're benefiting from the beam? As this is executed? you guys. My, on my list, Templars are lower than this. I think they're number eight on my list. Oh, okay. Well. No, it's you guys that brought them up. Not me. Don't look at me. <laughs> look at you guys. Look in the mirror. <laughs> well, Davis and Sam, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I had them at number seven on my list, so this fits perfectly for me. <laughs> I think the thing with Melee Templar is that, that, yeah, I mean, we're talking about number seven out of ten here. So, That's I mean, true. let's be honest. It, it's They're so not low. in a good spot. They're, they're not. It's not great, but... They still, uh, you know, they still can, if you, if you build them right, they can still do decent damage, and they still, for a melee class, have a pretty good team support toolkit. Um, so I think that's probably yeah. what puts them um, at seven. Because, I mean, yeah, looking at the rest of this list, like, you know, you look at a... a Sam, I'm not trying to knock the melee necromancer, oh, but God. you look at, like, a... Like from a group support standpoint, the the melee Templar is going to be a lot better. Yeah, just so for the it. team. <laughs> Stand Necro doesn't um, provide anything. He's just <laughs> he's just yeah, there. He's just there. Yep. Yeah, temp, uh, Templar, like we've said lots of times before, they make a really great Swiss Army knife. You know, you can throw mm -hmm. them on pretty much any team, and they're going to contribute in a in a good way. Uh, you know, you're never going to be mad about having a Templar on your team. 
Um, but they just don't have the firepower that they used to, plain and simple. Um, I've managed uh, to find a good way to build my uh, Stamplar that does have pretty good damage. Uh, and I'll talk about that another time. But uh, it, it can be done. Uh, melee Templars can be uh, powerful and fun to play. Uh, but they've fallen quite a bit just because they've gotten so many nerves and they, they do not have the firepower that they used to have. Uh, I also find that um, their support kit is adequate, but it's kind of mid-tier these days. You know, you compare them to a warden, not even close. Well, know, that's a, that's a tough comparison right out of the gate. Yeah. Is you... <laughs> Well, like even like Nightblades, I think, kind of challenge them for that yeah. space sorcerers can be extremely good healers like templars are not the like de facto healing class like they used to be not at all they're kind of in the mid-range as far as healing effectiveness i think really it's those sork pets that take all the credits for those heals don't give the sorcerers the credit for those heals. <laughs> sure. it's the pets oh, <laughs> well, the sork is pushing the button on the keyboard to, to make it happen exactly um so that's melee templar anything else about them I don't think so. I think, I think seven's a good spot for them. That's about seven's a good spot. Right. If you if you saw a melee templar doing well in your BG, it's only because he's finishing those kills. Unless it's cut with the beam, and he would be more <laughs> effective if he was doing that at range anyway. There will yeah. never. I I predict this now. Never. It will never happen. Will Cat put the beam on old Betsy? Never will that. it happen. He's it a stubborn happen. man. Well. <laughs> I, I do have a surprise for you. I, I tried it the, just this morning. I did what? slot it. I, I, what? I just said I, you'd never Damius, do it. It's, it's over. Well, I'm telling hey, you. Hey, I, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, make me look good in the, in the editing cut. You know, yeah, so I, got, I got the editing magic. No, um, I tried it for one BG this morning. Uh, I put it on my bar and absolutely i got like twice as many kills um but i i did not like it for for one it was this is very much still kind of a stamplar mine is uh and it was a bit too much of a magic drain also it just kind of ends up becoming all about the beam like all about the beam it kind of you kind of end up in a situation where like you see someone from far away with low health what are you just not going to take that kill i mean you have the beam right there like <laughs> it's just sitting and right so, there and so you end up just spamming that beam all the time and i'm like ignoring the rest of my offensive toolkit that i have here i may as well just be slotting ranged abilities you know so i just don't like having it slotted on a on a melee templar you might as well be taking my talking points for when i talk about my templar (laughs) (laughs) um so anyway um templar right is that is that it for templar that's it that's it we're moving on that was number seven number six on our list of ten we have Melee sorcerers, what we what we would have called a stam sork in the past, and that's probably still mostly what they are. But we're going to call them melee sork. Um, number six, so they're hovering right around the middle range there. Um, I think technically the middle is right between five and six, right? Yeah. So anyway, they're like the best of the bottom half melee sorcerers. Yeah. Um, for me, really, it's like it's just killing power. That's like the only thing they bring to the table is they're just killing machines and that's good enough to bring them up to number six. That alone. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. I think um, their, their, their group support is the fact that they're going to get your team kills. That's, that's their right. group utility. <laughs> right. They're supporting you by making sure that there's no enemies around to do damage to you at all. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then you can hope that they'll streak through the person that is hitting you. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, they have no support whatsoever. Otherwise, they'd be higher on the list. But just that killing power. And I would say their popularity has increased as well. And that brings them up a bit. I want to dive real quick in that killing power. In at least what I've noticed in BGs, that there may only be one or two people I know that can play it really at the at the really tip-top levels to kill other great players. Their killing power comes from stomping maybe the lower 60% of players in any given BG. Maybe 70% of players. There's a bunch of like top players. At, at least, I don't find melee sorcerers that threatening, unless maybe it's just a couple of players in the whole game right now. But they can stomp, absolutely stomp, the lower half of the players in a BG. Yeah, certainly. I There are a handful that I run into that I, I know to watch out for. Uh, and I can speak from my own first-hand experience of playing on my Stam Sork. I mean, I get way more kills on that build of mine than any any others. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where where my my kind of reasoning is coming from there. Um, but they can hit super hard. Uh, the ones that you see out there that are stacking that damage, and it's really nice. Is like you're seeing a lot of like we've mentioned before. Like you're seeing a lot of like classic. Um, just like dizzy spamming stam sorks that are just hitting you with dizzy swing and executioner and dawnbreaker and crystal away. weapon that crystal yeah. weapon dizzy swing yeah that's, crystal weapon dizzy that's swing that's sweet spot they're they're kind of an interesting spot is it really the best like the best thing about them when you're playing them is also kind of it hurts them at the same time just in the sense that you know they they're very much kind of a solo army like they when they're on a team like very rarely you can't really stick with the team. Like if you're playing one, you need to be moving around, streaking around and going and getting hits. And, and really what that causes you is that you're, you're kind of on your own. You're not really as much as the team, you know, we talked about their group support. They're not really getting support from the rest of the team either. They're not getting like heal. You know, if there's a healer on the team, they may get some heals, but for the most part, they're going to be moving around so much. They're going to be kind of out of range from the rest of the team. Definitely hit and run. Yeah. Yeah, They're not resilient enough to like stay up in that, they can't Wonder, brawl. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're often third party, and that's why I was kind of mentioning my first point. They're not going to go head to head one on one and fight a DK. They're going to hit them with their ult, and then they're going to they're going to leave. Yeah, if that combo can't get them. That player is pretty much off the uh, chopping block in that BG. They're going to go for yeah. someone else. They kind of have that in common with Nightblades. I would yeah, say it's too. like you can just kind of try them once and like, nope, can't kill that person. Go find someone else. Yep. Um. I do like that uh, hybridization has benefited melee sorks like so much. Like they have so many options available to them now. Mm-hmm. Like I have my stam sork that I think is just an excellent build. I don't think I've seen a single other build that's exactly like mine. You know, and really every stam sork I see, none of them are exactly the same. There's one that's a bash build that I've talked about before that I I dread seeing in a battleground because I know it's going to be absolutely brutal. Um, there's another one like like we were just saying. It's just a, a standard like crystal weapon dizzy swing build that just gets absolutely phenomenal results. Um, so I think I think they're in a great spot. They have really good killing power and they have a lot of really awesome build options. Um, zero support, but their popularity has increased. So I think right here, top of the bottom half, kind of in the middle of the list, seems like a good spot to me. That's a good spot for them. Top of the bottom. Top yep. of the bottom. <laughs> top of the bottom. Top of the bottom to you. Well, there's a episode title. <laughs> episode title there right there. There it was. There it was. <laughs> Top of the bottom to you. 
Um, so that was number six. Number five, we have melee night blades, what we would have probably called a stand blade in the past. Although a lot of them these days actually are mostly magicka based. Uh, so we're talking about the the standard like stealth gank style uh, kind of stand blade play style. Um, Sam, I think if we were talking specifically about your stand blade or your night blade, it'd probably be a lot higher on the list. I know. Uh, I feel like when I made my list cut, I let a little too much bias come in on, on, <laughs> from my night blade. Because sitting here thinking about it now, I, I like it in in this spot, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't put it from my point of view at this spot thinking about my night blade just from your first-hand experience yeah. you freaking shred on your night blade yeah yeah <laughs> he doesn't have like too tanky a target it's just the right timing like i can get mm -hmm. almost anyone as long yeah. as i time it right i think i think that's the key to it right there is that i was i was telling kit just the other day that with melee night blades right now like the the tricky part is is that when you get into a fight with a melee, melee night blade you're going to start that fight out with about 20 to 30% health. Like when, when you start attacking back, you're at about 20, 30% health compared to their full health. But yep. if you can survive that first combo, like your odds of survive, you know, your odds Very of winning high. that fight are, are going to be really good. Cause it's, it seems like there's just so much for them to try to repeat that combo, but it, it sure is. as heck. And especially in a BG, like in a, in a, in a death match setting, like, even if they're not the ones that get to kill you by like, but once they get that combo on you and you're at that 20, 30% health and maybe you can come back on them, but it just, it puts you at such a disadvantage to anybody else. And that, that comes around and finds you after the night blade hits you. It's always surprising to find like how wide your execute range actually is when you're fighting a night blade. Like <laughs> you think you have a safe amount of health and yeah. tur turns out you didn't. <laughs> you <know? laughs> nope. Yeah. You, I'm uh, nervous fighting night blades because I just don't know what they're packing. Some of them don't pack that much and, and you have a wide margin and then all of a sudden some of them can hit 22 to 24 K bows on you which yeah you get a spectral assassin's yeah. will literally 24 mm. K on your recap. Yep outrageous so uh melee night blades are in an excellent spot number five out of ten um they can even have pretty good support if they want to like you put wretched vitality on like like mine is yeah. i would i would call mine a stand blade but he has wretched vitality he has shrewd offering and i heal people all the time um, so they're really good at that they're a lot more survivable than they've been in the past as well so they can actually brawl like even if you're playing a stealthy sort of play style um, you can you can afford to get in the brawl once in a while, maybe be a bit of a body block for your teammates uh, if you need to be. They're just kind of capable of being a lot more team-oriented while still having that stealthy sort of play style. You really don't see people complain about having Nightblades on their teams anymore. You know, like that's just mm -hmm. a thing of the past. Like yeah. I'll see a Nightblade on my team. I'm like, sweet, hope they kill 100 people. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That is true. Plus it's, it's uh, they've really created, uh, I feel like they've really created a, like, you know, as other players not playing a Nightblade, you kind of have to have an answer for stealth. Like, you do. Wasn't, yeah. that wasn't something I had to worry about in the past. And now it's like, man, I need I need something on there in case there's a Nightblade in this. You got to have an answer to it on your bar somehow, whether it's actually like Mage Light, something made for that, or just like an AoE mm -hmm. direct damage attack of some kind, like Poison Breath or something like that. If you don't have an answer, they know that too. At least yeah, I know. They'll find and that I'm out. I'm going to keep quick. coming back. <laughs> so if that gank didn't work, that's just because I didn't crit that time. I'm coming back if you don't have an answer for me. 
Yep, exactly. And if you do have an answer, they figure that out and they kind of scram Pick someone all else. the time. Yeah. yeah, they'll get out of Dodge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a Radiant Mage Light is your friend. That thing has, what, like a 20-meter radius? Like, no Nightblade escapes that thing. Nope. All right, so that's number five. Uh, number four on our list of ten, Ranged Sorcerer. Um, I mean, we'll say Magsork, but it could be a Bowsork. You never know, but we're basically talking about Magsorks here. We're talking, um, we're talking about the Execute Sork. Sam single-handedly has got now, this I thing know in the top four. all of our bias has <laughs> sunk into this. I yeah. know it. It should not be number four. If you watch other content creators or not even watch anybody, if you just listen to other people talk about uh, Sorks, they all say that they're in a bad place. Well, this is one spot where I'm aware of the bias and I'm happy to let the bias fly because they're wrong. They, they are, are absolutely wrong. I agree, wrong. Kit. They don't know how to build it right. Now, keep in mind, we're talking specifically about a Battlegrounds environment, about a deathmatch situation. And, you know, one big consideration there is like if we're talking about a team comp and you're talking about like roles that need to be filled, niches that need to be filled, you got to have a Sork on the team. You can't not have a Sork on the team. Yep. That's where your kills are going to come from. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, we talked about our, our kind of how we rated them, our scoring system. The, the range Sork is absolutely number one killing power. Number by, one. by a good, by I would say by a decent margin, they are number one in killing power. Yep. They still got it. You know, and I see it all the time. Like even still today, like in guild chats and on the official forums, streamers, YouTubers, people like saying sorcerers are D tier. They've been surpassed by everyone. They need these buffs. And they're going to regret saying that because they're going to get what they wish for. Sorcerers are going to get buffed, and you're going to realize they were already yeah. decent, and now they're overpowered. If, yeah. Yep. If if you think if you think they're not in a good spot, just just scroll through the scrolling Discord That's at it. the screenshots of the execute sorks out there, and just twenty kills, thirty kills, forty kills. Yeah, we have people on our server that have literally never played a sork before, and they heard us talking about Sam's execute sork. They thought it sounded like fun threw it together really quick and put up like a 40 kill count match you know like right away <laughs> yeah just uh I, it is it is it is a little wild to think about how um they really are just they're they're just not getting any love right now but i mean it's just wrong like they're, they're killing power say, on a sork right now a range sork is very good yeah. I don't want to say the scrolling podcast is ahead of its time, but it's it's ahead of its time. That's all there is to it. Oh man, yeah. that's good. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the thing is like as far as that that ranged executioner with with really good offense. Like we could point at a Templar; they have that super powerful beam, and they make really good executioners too. But with a Templar, they don't have the rest of the offense really to put someone down in execute range all by themselves like a sork doesn't really need their team with them to burst someone all the way down you know they can do it all on their own that kick on that overload you'll take on the tankiest warden you'll you'll burn through them and they have better mobility yeah and better mobility and with that with that uh what is that thing called the twilight matriarch matriarch they've got just as good of heels if not better exactly it's got it all uh so yeah, they have they have the support, they have the firepower from long range. You basically have to have them in your in your pre-made if you want to get good results. Uh so don't believe the negativity, it's just not true. Sorks are in a great spot. You might not be able to one VX an entire Zerg and Cyrodiil like they have been able to in the past, but I don't think that's kind of the 
the what the, the standard to, to yeah. shoot for, you know, like, oh, yeah, I that's can't not fight 30 people at once, you know? <laughs> and I like that you brought it up. I was going to talk about it later, but they fill the same role as the Execute Templar. But the advantage, and I know we have Templar higher on our list, but the advantage that the Sork has over the Templar is if, if that Templar uses their combo and beams a really tanky DK or a tanky Warden, and it doesn't work, it's not, it's not going to work. You're going to need other people on them to help you get that execute. But yeah. that overload doubles your damage. Like if there's yes. a tanky Warden who's even running the shield, I've killed Wardens straight through their 100% range protected shield where they'll get a 30k range damage shield and with overload on i'll still kill them through it i think overload changes things everything changes the whole game Mm -hmm. i I think we would all three agree that the range sork is is in a better spot than the range templar despite our list but popularity alone is why why the range templar is higher because it is extremely more popular right now if you're low you're getting a beam yeah, there's beam. You and a BG, you're, they're, you might get a couple called, beams. They're called beam G's now. Okay, yeah. that's what they're called beam nowadays. G's. That's good. <laughs> so yeah, ranged Sork uh, was number four. Ranged Templar, Beamplar, we have at number three. And you're totally right. Any any battleground you go into, it's like the eye of, the eye of Sauron is in the sky. <laughs> and if you even think about losing any health beam, oh, you get yep. a beam. It's happening. Sometimes it's you're full moving. health and you still have a beam on you. Yeah. You don't even know where it's, the beam's coming from because they're no. 28 meters away. <laughs> yeah. That's and the it, longest damn beam. It Ugh. seems like you kind of saw, like, when when this patch hit and the beam got that buff, you kind of saw an uptick in, in these builds out there. But I think it's, like, increasing now. Like, we're seeing even yeah. more beam plars all of a sudden. Mm. They're, they're kind of everywhere. You're going to get a beam. If you get hit at all by anything, beam. You're going to get a beam. Now, Kenton Davis, did you foresee this level of popularity? Because I thought the popularity no. was going to go up, but I didn't know by how much. No, I, I did not. No, I, I think, and in, in for just one ability, I mean, I think it's the most popular ability in the game now, uh, yeah. at least from a, from a BG standpoint. I'm going to talk about it a, a little later, but that can be your entire combo. Just yeah. beam. Yeah, you don't yeah. need anything Just else. the ability. You need nothing else. The, you build the tooltip... Right of the beam on its own without the target being in execute range is almost on par with a regular spammable. Yeah. You know, like you, you could just use it as a spammable if you wanted to, if you're trying to save bar space. Um, probably the best version of a Templar that exists has, a, has a beam on there. You're, you're probably a ranged offense Templar with the beam. It's probably the best you, if you want the best possible Templar, it's something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all the same things that I would say about a melee Templar are kind of true as far as like they're they're pretty good at everything. They they have good offense, they have good uh defense, they're just sort of well rounded. But being long ranged and having that beam makes a pretty big difference compared to like the melee version of a Templar, yeah. right? You have that long range perspective, you can kind of keep a better eye on things and you're just snatching those kills up. Um so it's just it's just a lot more effective on on the overall team effort there. And I feel like we have to talk about when the beam is on you, it, uh, good luck getting that thing off of you. <laughs> yeah, it can't be dodged. And oh, it, man. it theoretically can be like line of sighted, but I don't the, believe it. <laughs> if, the, if the tree or the pillar or whatever isn't large enough, it won't break the beam. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, popularity alone, I think, brings them pretty high up. 
Uh, but also just the effectiveness as well. I think, I mean, they are, they are very good. I would still say Sorcerer is better, yeah. but just based on popularity, we're going to put uh, that, that Beamplar at one point above them. That's number three. Anything else about the Beamplar? Sam will have more to say about his here in just a little while. <laughs> Um, I do not like Sam's bean plar. We have this, uh, this <laughs> add-on. He just straight up said, I do not like it. Uh, I do not, I like do not care for it. We, <laughs> we use this add-on called Kill Counter. It's a really awesome add-on. Um, you can, you can look, look at your fight history statistics and you can see like what player or what character has killed you the most and all kinds of different things. Uh, Sam's bean plar has killed me the most of anyone else. So. And it wasn't a hard combo, I must say. I must say. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'd, love to see, I'd love to see the diversity of abilities used yeah. for the kills. <laughs> yes, the actions per minute were awfully low. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So anyway, um, Range Templar number three. So number two, we have Dragon Knights. And again, we're not differentiating between ranged or melee for Dragon Knights. It's just Dragon Knights. They get one entry. Uh, and and it's number two. I feel like that's a good spot for them, just based on popularity and effectiveness, mm-hmm. and just overall badassery. You know, like Dragonites are just kind of terrifying. They're, they're terrifying, just sort right of now. terrifying. <laughs> Sam, you kind of have a newfound respect for DKs. I do. Recently, I have just created my first DK, and I must say, it is much more difficult than I originally gave it credit for. Yeah, it's not as easy as it looks. You're not it just like not. magically unkillable. You yeah, gotta know no, how to drive not. that thing. Yeah, and I would put it this high on the list. I think this number two is a good spot for it for like a nuanced reason. Like when you walk in the BG match and you check the the roster of who's on what teams, for some reason you want DKs on your team. You want Dragon Knights, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. You want them because they put out consistent pressure on the entire enemy team mm. they nowadays throw a great off heels um they lock down whole groups as well not only do they have pressure on them but they cc entire groups with talons and fossilize and uh they snare them like they're they're just all around yeah, the, the guy you want on your team yeah absolutely if i have a yeah. dragonite or hate two dragonites on my team heck yeah you know it's I gonna be a good match that. yeah you have a solid, like rock solid foundation. Mm-hmm. I would actually say if you if you take popularity out of our criteria, DK is my number one right now. I think they are in a fantastic spot, and man, a good DK is the most terrifying thing in a BG right now. I think I might be right there with you, uh, Davius. I mean, obviously, you know, spoilers. Wardens are number one, <laughs> but like. Uh, I think I think DKs are low key the actual meta the yeah. ones that are actually like Absolutely. getting it done you know like getting doing the work and getting getting results their their damage is off the charts and they can just not only can they they can they actually finish you off but it's the most demoralizing thing ever because it's just it just seems like it you it just seems like it's, it's they're an unstoppable like you, yeah you, there's nothing you can do about it they're they're yeah. healing up they're they, their sustain is outlasting you. It just, those good DKs just seem almost impossible to take down. And it's the classic DK where, like, you can see the end 60 seconds before yeah. it happens, yeah. and you, you just know have it's to coming, go but through you're it. Just, yeah. You're just there. I'm going to be the one out of the three of us who says, I still do believe that Wardens are superior to DKs. And 
my last couple experiences where I'll see a very good DK run into a very good warden, and there's nothing that DK can do. That warden will, will get him from, from my just recent perception. Yeah. The biggest thing I would say is that the DK's killing power is just so much better than the warden right now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so like, I mean, I can see what you're saying, like in a 1v1 situation, but like, if we're talking about overall like effectiveness in a battleground like i never get killed by a warden in a battleground is skooma in here still (laughs) (laughs) we just had we just had some pre-made games the other night and i watched a warden hold two teams down and get 4.5 million damage and the most kills in every game and i i know what happens now yeah yeah. people are playing that's impressive and a million off heals 4.5 million damage and a million off heals that's just ridiculous. And held two teams down together. I do agree with Kat. Like when I go into a BG, I'm more annoyed by going against the warden rather than than like worried or scared about scared of them. Yeah. Yeah, like I feel like with that warden that you're talking about there, Sam, I always just have the option to cast forward momentum and walk out of that nonsense and just not engage with that, you know. I see. Uh, what you mean. I, I think Dragonites yeah. kind of don't let you have that option a lot of the time. No, they're going to leap you down. <laughs> yeah. I can see the perception both ways, yeah. You can kind of, it seems like it's easier to get away from a warden than it is a DK. Yeah, I can see that. But if you have to actually engage that warden, like there's just no way around it, you need to go through him. It's going to be tough. Yeah, oh, there's no doubt wardens are yeah. incredibly powerful. I, I mean, they're the, they're the reason about your comment earlier, Sam. You know, you said you go in a BG and there's just certain people that you avoid, you know, 75% of the time, it's going to be the warden in the match. It is. <laughs> it's going to be the warden or the DK. One and two yeah, on our just, list. Just, just avoid them. Um, so as far as like pre-maids go, you got to have at least one dragon knight. If you can have two dragon knights, that, that's pretty good too. Um, you know, just, just a rock solid foundation of any group. You know, like who's bringing the Dragon Knight? We can't, we can't have a team without a Dragon Knight, guys. Come on. Yep. What are we doing? Um, so, yeah, great shape on Dragon Knights. I think they're, they're actually well balanced. Like a, they don't seem overpowered, you know, they just seem powered. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, good, good on them. Yeah, they seem balanced. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I mean, Sam, you're an excellent player. And as you're learning, you know, like it's not it's super not easy to just easy. jump in there and, and get amazing results right away. Like you got to learn how to play that thing. The power's there, but you got to figure it out. Yep. Number one, of course, is wardens. And again, (laughs) just one entry for wardens. We're not differentiating between ranged or melee. It's just a warden. Um, I agree with you, Davius. Popularity alone is what brings them here. And I think you were telling us last night, you think wardens a little bit overrated. I I do kind of agree. I do think of the top five, I think, I think Warden's probably the most overrated of the top five. Not, not saying, like, I don't mean that they're bad. Like, the CC is off the charts. The tankiness is off the charts. But I just, I'm just not getting killed by Wardens right now. Like, I'm a little terrified of this Warden that Sam's talking about. But, yeah. but for yeah. the most part, when a Warden, when I'm fighting against a Warden, like, I'm just not worried about them killing me. Like, that's not... I, I, you know, kind of like you said, you just, you just get away from them and let them do their permafrost, let them throw their CC. Like I can just outrun them and get away from them. And I'm just not worried about them getting the kill on me. I think another thing 
that puts them at the top two though is something that's always been true about them is they they are the best support class yeah like bar none like especially right now if you're the only team with a warden your team wins that's just the end of that you know yeah they're number one on the group the group support for sure if i may make a prediction just because yeah. I, I follow, I keep up on YouTube in the mornings when I'm just laying in bed trying to wake up to go get my coffee. I check, I scroll through, <laughs> and I see if there's any new ESL PvP videos. I just recently saw quite a few build videos come out. So I'm going to make a prediction that in the next two by by the end of the next two weeks, we're going to see a lot more effective wardens, more of the wardens that I'm referring to. Well, I absolutely hope you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have not been enjoying this warden dominated meta at all with all the CC. I mean, that's that's the main thing wardens are, are bringing or is just crowd control. Lots and lots yeah. and lots of crowd control. And th- there's no doubt they have damage. I mean, I've definitely encountered wardens that have some serious damage, but like it's not enough to kill me in one single global cooldown. So I just do a roll dodge and get out of their way and they never hit me again you know like yeah i would say that from from the wardens that that used to you know way back when when you know wardens have always been good but when they used to seemingly be more effective in the killing power i think that the uh the sub assault nerf kind of hurt them more i think that's really kind of what what kind of secretly took the the killing power away from them is that those those sub assault like they got all these buffs over everything but that sub assault uh or the the magic version of either one i think that nerf kind of really took a lot of their uh combo away from them just like that sudden pop where like just suddenly yeah. your health bar's gone yeah well, with all the other stuff they have going on in their kit i'm not necessarily mad about that <laughs> I just want to clarify our thinking. If there's any uh, scrolling listener out there who's thinking, why did Warden only get one spot on this list? Like, why is there not a melee and a range? Because there's Stam Wardens that used to use Dizzy Swing. That, this patch, is gone. There's no reason to use a Dizzy Swing uh, Warden anymore. The Ice Staff is superior in every single way. It's the highest damage of any weapon, and it has full shield blocking ability. And yeah, you can block crazy. with stamina or magicka, whichever one works. So yeah, take your pick. <laughs> yeah, so wardens are one, I think. This yeah. this patch. You really just you you really don't see like a dizzy swing warden anymore. I mean, maybe once in a great while, but even he's then, doing it probably wrong, that guy. <laughs> yeah, but even if you do encounter one of them, they probably have a lot of the same toolkit that a frost staff warden has True. as well you know they they're gonna play have a, in that mid-range too i believe where it's not yeah, really exactly. melee it's not really range they play like within 15 meters i yeah. think yeah exactly so i kind of think a warden's a warden really and i kind of feel that way about dragon knights too the the the, the range of the sub assault is i will forever yell that that is a very misleading uh, animation for that ability the range on that's like ridiculous i think it's, it's like, like 20, 20 meters yeah it's like 20 meters yeah. It's uh, crazy. Yeah, it's longer range, than it looks. Yeah, much longer. So I hope the warden, you know, what what the the reign of wardens ends soon. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Probably around probably around the time of the next chapter, the the ship will start steering towards the next whatever yeah. the meta is going to be next time. It, it, it could be potentially our fault, Cat. I feel like it was like maybe five or six episodes ago. We were like, wardens are good, people. Why aren't you playing them? Yeah, on your wardens. Oh no! I've been saying that for a while. Oh, no. <laughs> what have we done? 
Okay, theoretically, where would you guys, where would you put a werewolf, Davius, on our list? If you were, if we were to have a list of eleven, where would you fit them on there? Depends. Is Skuma listening or not? Skuma, <laughs> he's not no, in he's here. Right he stepped now. out. He stepped so, out. That changes it. Yeah, yep. it's fine. It changes. I probably. It's you know what the toughest thing about werewolf is that they're very I mean all these are I know that this is kind of a silly statement but they're so build dependent just because every single werewolf has the same exact same abilities there's no way around it and so they're so build dependent um, I would probably fit them Probably at seven. Like, I'd probably put them at seven and bump the melee Templar. I'd probably put them somewhere around that range. Only only simply just because the 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 survivability, like, their heal is so incredibly strong. And if you do build them right, they can hit incredibly hard. Yeah, probably the ballpark of where I'd put them. What do you think, Sam? Yep, I would go six and a half. I'd put them right between the melee Sork and the melee Templar. I don't think they're... As good as we got a, melee like a hive stick, mind over here, guys. <laughs> but I think they're better than a melee templar. I think, I think I would actually go one down. I'd put them at like seven and a half. <laughs> could that could that possibly be due to That's, your your love of the tight. melee templar? <laughs> no, I think uh, you know templar has that support that werewolves don't have at all, and to me that just ekes them out just slightly. I think they have maybe similar offensive effectiveness. Is kind of my my hunch there honestly one of the things that really i think hurts werewolves is that you're you're going to be the tank for your team you may not want to be but you will be you will yeah. be you see a you werewolf people are going because you will be the tank <laughs> yes <laughs> take out the werewolf that's always rule number one myself i always focus the werewolf <laughs> they're so. big they're they're howling they're standing there yeah you take them out. they're annoying they're always howling i hate that howl noise it's like a taunt i'm like i'm gonna make him shut up i hate that thing <laughs> It's an incredibly strong heal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I've seen my hatred of werewolves decline as they are now not like just absolute S tier. Because when I first started playing, they were really high up on a list. Yeah. They've been such a roller coaster, werewolves have. Yeah. Popularity wise, I would put them down nine or ten. You do yeah, it's very, very rarely popular. do you see one nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe one out of three battlegrounds, you'll see like one. Yeah. Yeah. There's still a player out there who just won't let it die. Yeah, <laughs> there's still Skuma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's, still like this. Well, there you go. There's our BG report. So we have, uh, I'll start at the bottom again, just a quick recap. Melee Necromancers at 10. Uh, Necromancer oh. Bomber at 9. So the bottom two are Necromancers. Oh. Uh, range Nightblade at number eight, Melee Templar at number seven, Melee Sork number six, uh, Melee Nightblade number five, Range Sorcerer at number four, Range Templar at number three, uh, Dragon Knight number two, and Warden number one. And Werewolf would be somewhere in around the bottom ish region there. Feel good? Does that feel like a good list to you guys? I feel pretty good about it. it it's um, I love that we added in the popularity because it really does kind of reflect the current meta. But there, there's definitely a couple of them that if you took the popularity out, I'd kind of swap some places around. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely is a throws a wrench into things. I like Grizzly, Grizzly says, "Skuma, get in here! They're talking shit about werewolves and put them <laughs> at the bottom of the list." <laughs> Tattletale, Grizzly, God. come on, Grizz. Now, what do we think of vampires? Do we 
is it necessary this patch or not now that everyone's tankier do they are they more effective or less effective I, I mean, really I feel like all ten of the list, yeah, all ten of the list could be vampires. You know, they, they could. I just mean, how important is it for them to be a temp, uh, vampire? I feel like it's still a very popular thing for people to do, right? Like I see mist form and vampire ult all the time. Yeah, uh, the vampire ult has definitely become very popular, and mist form for that matter. I'm never willing to give up sustain, so I don't do vampire ever. But I do see a lot of vampires out there, and I know oh. that that uh, that what unnatural undeath passive is really. Yep. Something people want. It Due is to being completely burned by vampire. I feel like I have never made a vampire since. I cured them all when they made the changes. I would say this is probably the best patch in a long time to ever not need that undeath passive. Yeah, I find survivability is pretty easy. I'm, pretty I've easy. been like trading off survivability measures for more damage. That's what I've been mm-hmm. doing in my builds. Because you can, if you're kind of, especially if you're fairly good at like a high actions per minute sort of play style and you can kind of move well, then your survivability can be really good. The ideal team comp. Um, what do you guys think? Probably a warden dedicated healer, uh, a DK brawler an execute Sork, and then like another dragon knight with like dra- with like CC and AOE pressure or a necro bomber. What do you think? I would say no necro bomber. Just two okay. DKs. I would say two DKs. Two DKs, a Warden Healer, and Execute Sork is a fantastic That's it. team. <laughs> That's I mean, a pretty right. great team. I don't think it gets any better than that. Yeah, if you see a Warden Healer, two Dragon Knights, and a Sork, if you if you pull up a scoreboard and you see that on a team, just leave just the BG. Out. Yeah. Just get out of there. your pants yeah. right get, then. Out of- <laughs> <laughs> Even if they're mediocre players, that's yeah. just such a solid comp. It's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be, be a tough, tough time. I would say there's no player in the game who could take the pressure from two DKs when the Sork turns on Overload. Like, you're going to mm-hmm. lose. It's just and a warden making everyone immortal. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to kill any of them either. All right. I think that's the BG report, guys. We did it. Whew. We did it. All right. One more. Uh, let's take let's take our break here. Uh, <laughs> Does everybody need a break? Is that what we're saying here? Is it everyone? Everybody clearly needs a break. <laughs> clearly, we all have earned a break. <laughs> uh, let's take like two minutes. I'll be back. Well, enough about battlegrounds. Let's talk about battlegrounds. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, we had our third uh, battlegrounds weekend event a couple of weeks ago. Crazy King weekend. Um, I think this is my favorite so far. What do you guys think? <laughs> yes, it went to time. That, that you got the longest time in the BG. I think it was great. Got the yeah, whole fifteen that- minutes almost every time. I was really surprised. That, that was that was the main thing. Is it's like almost impossible to cheese the time on those matches. So <laughs> you get really time. like at, at least at least ten minute matches most of the time. That's what that's where we're at. Is that we? It was our favorite because it it takes the longest to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, those relic weekends were awful. Those games would end in three minutes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Bad. I'd just get going at that point. Or the. The chaos ball were bad too. Just one person grab it. Oh yeah. yeah if a tank got a hold of that ball, and you'll never pry it from his damn fingers. That's the thing about um, 
Crazy King weekend, it wasn't nearly as much of a tank fest as I was expecting it to be. I was expecting a lot of like perma blockers just standing on flags. But I guess the fact that the flag moves around so much, people are incentivized to make different kinds of builds. There were there were tanks, but there were like speedy people. There were some people building for damage. It was kind of a, a fair mix of builds out there. It did a good job too. I did not ever realize this before of like breaking up uh, what I would consider like a, a really tight like ball group. By the end, there's so many flags that you've just got individuals running to flags all yeah. over the place. Yeah, so you can get a lot of one-on-ones at that point. But it uh, it really changed my perspective on Crazy King. Honestly, like I really don't mind Crazy King. Like now we're back to the the random situation, and when Crazy King pops up, I'm really not super bummed about that. I kind of it's kind of a, a valuable lesson I learned from that that weekend. It's like, you know what? Crazy King isn't the worst. You know? It's not <laughs> like compared the worst to the worst one out there. During that weekend, or I, th- I think it was actually right after that weekend ended, we had a, a fun night where we got all of our execute sorks together. We had a full four squad. Um, it was it was us three, right? Davius, you, and mm-hmm. Sam, and me, and our buddy King Nar. Shout out to King Nar. Uh, we all four got on our execute Kavach gladiators sorcerer builds and um, ran into some battlegrounds and just had a rip roaring good time, <laughs> hilariously good time. We were, like we were just like steamrolling through teams. We we're putting like uh, screenshots in the Discord of just like outrageous kill counts. We we're just like cracking up the whole time with just how <laughs> everyone just instantly died as soon as we looked at them. Yep. Um. Pretty fun time. Uh, and um, shout out to Mother of Dragons. Uh, she's a Sork main, and she she plays a, a similar type of Execute Sork. But she was unable to join us that night, so she was missing out on all the fun, and she was seeing all the screenshots and getting all jealous and stuff. So then the next night, she was available, and we decided to try to do it again. I think, did she take your place, Davius? She took my spot, yep. She took my spot. And it was not at all the same experience. No. Like it was very, very. We got into some sweaty matches. Oh gosh! It was not as bad, I think, as like memory makes it out to be. Because we like we had we such a steamroll. We did fine. <laughs> we just yeah. were comparing it to the previous night. Exactly. We had such a steamroll, but uh, mother did not appreciate the fact that she didn't get to have that that <laughs> dude stomp. What had. the heck? No. I think she even did like perfectly fine in that match, but uh, it felt like we like lost because we just weren't stable <laughs> yeah. like we did the night before. Oh man, we certainly held our own. We did not lose, but it felt like a loss. Yes, yeah, that's what I kept saying. It's like, man, that was like we did fine against those players. Like yeah. that was like a good team comp, some good it wasn't players. A bad like comp. we should, like we should, we should feel good about that. Yep. Yeah, four execute stories. That is a fun time. If you have some friends, it's a it's something I yeah. recommend. Super. You fun. would think. At least I thought it was going to go the first night. I thought it was going to go terribly, and then mm-hmm. it actually went really well. And even the next night, when we got into the teams I was worried about, like the really sweaty teams, it did better than I expected. It's almost just like comical when you see yeah. the amount of like curses and four endless curses. furies pop. On yes. one player, is it? I mean, it's just fireworks going on players. That second night was uh, a pretty cool demonstration in the value of a good brawler on a team, though. You know, yes. like we were going up against that that team that had a couple of brawlers, one at least one Dragonite, I know. 
And that's what was giving us a challenge because we couldn't just pop them in an instant. They didn't just fall over and die. You know, they kept coming at us and we had to deal with it. Uh, that's what made it tough. Yeah. I, I will say that first night, we have to remember, we won't say names, but there was a certain player that we're not uh, super fond of that we were going against. It's a great player. Oh, but man. It turned us... <laughs> It turned us we into were bad a, people. Man, it turned while. us into a unit. I don't know if we've ever yeah. been that organized before. Of we oh. four sorks, everybody kicked on their overload. We were calling out, "Kick on your overload, turn your overloads off." Let's we were so in the zone. We turned into a strategic unit. That was pretty <laughs> the fantastic. common disdain for one player brought us together more than it anything. really did. <laughs> If we could have that level of focus all the time, we'd be unstoppable. I, I'm going to go out and say we did not have that level of focus the second night. Yeah, I don't we think were, so. Because we, we needed were in that, rhythm. We needed that, that enemy on, on yeah. their team to we focus We needed to on. care that much because we yeah. cared. <laughs> we, we, were, we really cared that night. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> the disdain is all warranted, I assure you. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I mentioned earlier the uh, the looming eye of Sauron in the sky <laughs> with uh, the ever looming beam. Um, Sam, you've been playing a beam plart here lately that you've been, um, you know, terrorizing me with specifically. <laughs> I don't appreciate it. <laughs> and, and, and again, Ket does not like this build. No. <laughs> uh, well, I mean. I actually kind of have a similar build, but anyway, Sam, you want to tell us about your Beamplar build that you've been having so much success with? Sure, absolutely. I thought this would be a good one to bring up for the uh, for the podcast because if if any of our scrolliners uh, like the execute sort, yeah, <laughs> this one is is truly another one of those builds where you you put on this build and it it just works. It just it doesn't, yeah. and it may even be more simplistic than the Sork. Now, the Sork will net you higher results, but this is just is, is very effective as well. Yeah. So this is a Beamplar. It's just a Templar that's going to use a, fi- a front bar fire staff, and he's going to play all at range, and you build the entire build around the beam and the execute beam. And so here's my build. It's front bar War Maiden. Now, if you don't know War Maiden, that's the one that gives you the highest amount of uh, spell damage in the game, only to magicka damage abilities the beam happens to be magicka damage and it gives you 600 spell damage towards it but that even though it's it gives you the spell damage towards your magicka abilities which means it still scales so templars have the added effect where they get major and minor um, buffs to their spell damage so you get 30% more so you're looking at about 800 spell damage from War Maiden and you'll never see that on your stat sheet and then I put uh, Deadly on there and Deadly increases your channeled and dot abilities by 15% now the beam is channeled and 15% is effectively if you convert it to uh, a penetration um, system 6600 pen is is 10 percent damage so 15 percent okay. damage that's effectively 9900 pen now it doesn't work the same way but that's to give your mind the idea of how effective kind of an, deadly is an equivalence yeah sort of an thing. equivalence yeah. yep um so deadly now i believe those two sets together 
and I could be wrong. Maybe somebody out there with an Essence Thief has figured something out better, or maybe something. But I think it's the strongest beam in the whole game. I don't think there's any combo better than those two. If you can, put I can those believe two. it. Yeah, I bet yeah. so. Then he's a one-piece magma for the recovery, and a back bar uh, patente is resto staff for the resto heavies to give you some magicka back because we're building everything into spell damage because we get that little ten percent more. So all his armor is going to be divine. He's going to have the spell damage Mundus Stone. He's going to have uh, Magicka Recovery, Food, and Health. Um, and then he's going to be all infused spell damage. Oh, and he uses the Mark and Ring of Majesty as his mythic. You like infuse instead of bloodthirsty. Yes, infuse instead of bloodthirsty. This, there's no gimmicks needed to get the uh, execute scaling up like on the Sork. You can it's just, ridiculous already. The beam, yeah, the beam <laughs> just hun- does it's it It's 100,000 damage. <laughs> When you have the full execute bonus yep. before mitigation, something like that. Yes. So you'll get uh, the twenty the twenty k tooltip, and it will increase by five hundred percent. So hopefully <laughs> 100, my math is right. Damage. It's Such actually a hundred thousand damage over the beam. So uh, some notable stats I wrote down were when you have all of your body pieces divine, and you have all infused spell damage, and um, your, your spell damage is going to top out at about 7,100, maybe uh, 7,200. But that's, that's not counting War Maiden, which gives you another 800, and then all of that is multiplied by 15% in some yeah. form of math, maybe not a multiplication. Yeah, like your two five-piece sets aren't even reflected in that. Right. Both five, it's going to be uh, 7,100 spell damage, and neither of your sets are going to be reflected in that. But that 7,100 spell damage keeps your heals nice and high. And, so what uh, do you have, like 12 Magicka Recovery? <laughs> no, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, well, I can't think of it right now. I use the uh, Health and Magicka Recovery food, which gives you around um, just shy of 500 Magicka Recovery. And then you get oh, okay. the One Piece uh, Magma, which will give you a little mag and stamina okay. recovery. So yeah, that's not bad. 120. So it, it's not and bad. And you're doing light armor or medium armor? So it's going to be five medium, one heavy, one light. And I do that uh-huh. five medium because that will give you spell damage. Yeah. And your spell damage scaling is nice on a Templar because we're just jacking spell damage to the moon. And um, Yeah, Templars get that extra 10% yeah. that nobody yeah. else gets. And so that's what we're kind of feeding into here to jack the beam up because in any other direction, you're going to lose out on that extra 10%. So we went with spell damage. And then, uh, the, now, there's a funny thing with the combo. If you want to kill someone, you put this build together, just how I laid it out. If you want to kill someone, here's, here's the combo. But there's, there's a catch to it. So right. you use the Stamina Power of Light. You put that on them. Then you use a Dark Flare. That's the one that shoots the, the little flare up into the air. And then you throw the Javelin at them to stun them, right as the Dark Flare hits, and then you beam them to kill them. I, I half Easy. expected you to just say beam. That's what's coming next. <laughs> Davis, we nailed it. Just to say, Com- combo number just, two. Just Here's beam. how we're ending it. Here's how we're ending the build. That whole effective combo right there, that might make your effective beam, I don't know, 10, 15% better when you're attacking someone. But honestly, a lot of times you don't have the time to set all that up. Truly, the combo is just a beam. That's it. <laughs> Throw the beam it's on. just a beam. The beam on this on this build will hit uh, 3k a tick at full health. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's 
uh, right now in this tanky meta 3k a tick and and that's on like the average player like on a on a squishier player you're gonna do way more than 3k a tick that's not bad just for attacking someone at full health because that's not a yeah. one second tick you do i forgot how many consecutive ticks over 1.8 seconds yeah it ticks so, really fast yeah so over two seconds or 1.8 seconds so basically two global cooldowns i believe it ticks three times i could be wrong but I believe it takes three times, which would make it effectively like 4,500 a second, which is a great spammable. If your spammable is hitting them for 4,500 a second, that's a spammable. And if they really? happen to dip below 50%, oh, good luck to them. It is lights out. <laughs> and you might as well just hold the beam on them because they're taking so much damage, they can't fight back very well. And uh, God help them if they run out of, if they run under 50% health, it's just a slippery slope. They're going to die. And that's the whole, the whole combo is just beam if you want it to. Yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, if it's a 20k tooltip, I mean, 20k over 1.8 seconds, for easy math, we'll just call it 2 seconds. Mm -hmm. So that's 10k, I mean, just tooltip-wise, that's like 10k damage per second. I mean, that's that's a spammable. That's a typical spammable, about 10k damage or so, you know, so... You really could, like I was, I mentioned that earlier. Like, if you just kind of want to save bar space, just let the beam be your spammable. Just that's it, you know, like power of the light beam. I find myself just power of the light beaming, and sometimes I don't even power the light. There's that one (laughs) has been so nerfed, it it, it barely is even effective. What I really use it for is the minor breach it gives. Um, Yeah, yeah. But the uh, to line up the stun combo with dark flare and javelin, really not even needed. Like you can just beam if you want to. And that's a little off topic, but uh, power of the light. I've gone ahead and taken it off of my stamplar. I've replaced it just with a dot, and I'm it's getting better great. results. Yeah, it's not great. If I wasn't using it for the pen, I wouldn't use it. The uh, reflective light is a good alternative. Uh, just we'll take a little detour here, real quick. Reflective light's like a templar sticky dot, and it gives you your major crit buff, and it's actually not a bad dot. And it does like the um, the Fighters Guild Silver Shards. It splits and hits multiple targets. Um, so I liked it because it gives me that crit buff and I could get rid of Camo Hunter and open up additional bar space. But anyway, getting back on, on track here. What else about your Beamplar, Sam? Anything else? Oh, uh, that's it. He's a high elf for the extra spell damage, the extra magic pool. And he, it gives you a little more sustain as well to your stamina as you're fighting around. Um, he, I did have him, I did make him a vampire, so his survivability is pretty good. So if, if you are getting in trouble, let's say you're beaming, getting all your kills and somebody sneaks up on you and starts getting you, you can, uh, I swap to my back bar, hit myself a burst heal, and then I go into mist form and I just start misting away. And I never use an ult on this build that none of the ults are as effective as the beam. Like not even ultimates are as good as the beam is. So you might as well just save up your vampire ult. So I'll mist away in my mist form, elusive mist, and I'll run back to my team or wherever I need to go. And if they won't get off my off me, I'll wait till my health gets really <laughs> off your what? low. <laughs> what? What's that? They won't get off your what? What were you yeah. saying? <laughs> won't get off my tuchus. Uh And let's say I'm getting really low health in mist form. Well, I've been saving ult this entire match. I've got 500 ult and a vampire ult ready to go. So as soon as I get low, then I'll hit my vampire ult. And the vampire ult is very interesting on this build too. So since we have 7,100 spell damage, the the bats, the swarming bats around the vampire ult, they actually hit 5k a second. So if your enemies are standing in that... um, 
near you in the bats and then you turn around and beam them now they're taking 5k a second dot from your bats and your beam that hits like 4500 a second there's pretty much no one that can survive that and if there's too many people on you you can just you have full resources again so you can just keep misting away that's the most infuriating part is because you're always just like standing over on some corner or somewhere like just beaming, yeah. beaming, beaming, beaming. And it's like, all right, I'm going to get that guy. Yep. You chase him down. You get him into execute range. Oh, he's a, he's, he's about toast. You just about have him. And then, and then he's in that vampire form. And, and now you have to go on the defensive and start yep. retreating because he has all this extra damage now and extra survivability and all that. And it's infuriating. And then, and then it's only a matter of time. You'll you'll run away and you'll lose him. And, and like finally, all right, I got away from him. Guess what? Beam. <laughs> In case anybody had forgotten, Ket is not crazy about this. Uh, <laughs> I have a similar like my own version of the build. And I played with it for a little bit. It's very effective, but I feel like I'm just kind of done forever with it. Done with the beam. It's yeah. a bad thing. It's not good for society or anything. <laughs> But, uh, you know, if you want to easy to play, get a bunch of kills and look good on the scoreboard, yep, um, you can do it. Nice, dude. Well, uh, speaking of Templars, Davius, you've been playing a very different kind of Templar. If if you want to know the opposite end of of Sam's (laughs) Beanpole, like the very other end of the spectrum, (laughs) you've got got my my Magplar healer main, old Davius Starjumper. Mm-hmm. The original. The original. Got us through many a normal dungeon back in the good old days. Oh, man. Yeah. This was, <laughs> and this veteran. Was, yeah. This was a PvE main back in the day. Yeah. Um, so I finally, I finally Oaken sold him. You know, I know people were worried about it out there. He's been sold. He's been sold. No problem. Um, Honestly, though, I you know, I'd been thinking about it for a while. And, uh, you know, he, he already doesn't do damage. Um, and so I kind of was tinkering around with the thought of throwing a console on there and it really benefited him hugely. Cause honestly, the only bar slots, like his entire back bar was just keeping his own buffs up. Um, and so I really didn't lose a whole lot with the bar space. Um, and he is a lot tankier now and has a lot stronger heals. Um, I did, uh, I did give a kind of, um, go down on his, buffs to the team he doesn't give as much weapon and spell damage but overall the build's a lot better um just kind of reminder of the build it is uh obviously the oaken soul um five piece powerful assault five piece spell power cure and then one piece uh swarm mothers um the bar the one bar that i have is that i just have honor the dead which is my spammable um that's just the main heal i'm throwing people echoing vigor to to proc the powerful assault um, extended ritual just for additional heals race against time so i can kind of keep up with the team a little bit better um, and then i use the uh, symbiosis ability which is the sigic order ability where my light attacks actually become heals rather than damage um, and then the ult which i think now with the changes is the the best healing ult in the game is the practice incantation uh, incantation uh, and that is the Templar heal ult, but it's the morph that lets you still move. Um, and that is a unbelievable heal. Uh, it's very good. Uh, and, and very low ult cost. It only costs 118 ultimate uh, to do that ability. 
Um, and it's about the tooltip on that with this build. It's 13k heals per second for eight seconds, and it's to every single one of your allies. Every to single everyone. ally is getting 13k heals per second for eight yeah. You seconds. compare that to the the resto ult, which is also very good, but each mm -hmm. tick of the resto ult is only hitting one person at exactly. a time. Exactly. Whereas your ult is hitting everyone at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, like I said, I had dropped the, the, the weapon and spell damage buff. You know, the, the whole idea of the build is to be an incredibly strong healer. But, uh, since I'm dealing zero damage to make sure that my team deals, uh, enough extra damage to make up for my zero damage. And so the amount of damage that, uh, that I give to the team, I, it did drop. It used to be 997 weapon and spell damage, uh, pre-buff to the team and now it's 737 so uh, it did go down but it's still a huge weapon and spell damage buff to the team um and the build is just it just works so much better now the the build itself is is so much tankier and the heals are so much stronger that it just it, it's working a lot better because before while i was giving more weapon and spell damage to the team um, I wasn't tanky enough, and so it really, as soon as the opposing team kind of figured out what was going on, they would focus me, and I just didn't have enough to take an entire team's focus. I just It would just almost be an instant defeat for me. And when I'm dead, I'm not doing anything for the team. Um, and so with this change, I've noticed a lot of the matches we've done, uh, he's back to being tanky enough to where I can have an entire team kind of going after me and kind of focusing me, and I can stay alive long enough that my team with the amplified damage can start finishing off and taking them one off and, and the team kind of ends up coming out on top on the fight. Um, so that open soul is nice, man. It, it, yeah. it adds so much survivability. So many, yeah. So much survivability and, um, and just the, the extra, I think, you know, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but the, the amount of just spell damage that you switch into this new open soul build. Cause that was the thing is that on the oh, last yeah. setup, my spell damage was only like 2,500, so my heals really suffered for it, uh, which hurt my sustain because I was having to hit more heals to try to get the heals up. And now the spell damage is, I think it's around 6,000 spell damage. Um, so it drastically jumped up yeah. and allowed me wow. to kind of make some changes. Well, that'll, so, that'll have a huge impact on your exactly. survivability. Um, and and the you know uh, and the really my favorite part about this build I mean it's a pretty wacky build it's it's definitely a Davius wacky build for sure but the wackiest part about it is that symbiosis ability I feel like that's just an ability that just you don't see used um, but it works perfect for this build it, I've got it you know fully buffed up my light attacks are healing for forty uh, four thousand five hundred. Uh, each light attack is a heal to it's my neat. team. You can just light attack weave with your healing yeah. abilities, and it's like it's yep. like anti damage. It's like a, you're exactly. like DPSing, but it's healing. Yeah, just throw <laughs> it on my team. Uh, I can still heavy attack when I need sustain. You know, if I've got a teammate yeah. that's taken a lot, I'll throw a heavy attack on there, get my sustain up, and um, that symbiosis ability that I have the morph that's the symbiosis. The other great part about it, and this goes into the tankiness, is that I actually heal for 58% of the amount my light attacks are healing. So when I'm throwing out those light attacks and heavy attacks, I'm also healing myself at the same time without having to really do anything to, do, uh, to focus that. And so just makes the build really tanky. The heals are really, really good. Um, and it's, it's always fun to 
you know, see the difference of when I play with people and just kind of ask them like, all right, like how much harder were you hitting that? And, and almost everybody I've played with is like, oh, I can tell a difference uh, when you give me those buffs. Like I can tell a difference to when, oh, when yeah. you're playing with Davius and when, that, when Davius is not on the team. Can definitely tell a difference. Yeah, you're like hitting way, way harder when Davies is around. And it's pretty fun. And you're like kind of unkillable at the same time. So <laughs> very yeah. fun to like, to like run around with duos. Like just go grab your like biggest damage character that you have, like your most glass cannon kind of build that you have. Pair it up with this dude and you're going to have a blast. And he's been on the shelf for a while. So I've been really excited to kind of uh, take him and kind of tinker with the build. Still the same idea, but it's just a lot better version of the build. Uh, and it's it's worked out really, really well. Yeah, that, yes. that Oak and Soul is so sweet. Sam, you got to get a hold of High Isle so you can finally get an Oak and Soul build going, man. I've got to. I've got so many ideas. Now, Davius, if I can drop a nugget, I know I already kind of told you this one time, but someday I'm going to get you to try out on that <laughs> specific build. Yeah. Uh, Darok Bray. So Symbiosis, the best set in the game, selfishly, for a Symbiosis build is Darok, Darlock Bray. Because... You get all the benefits of Dalek Bray as long as you're crouching. You don't have to be invisible, you just have to be crouching. And since yep. that one, that symbiosis never targets the enemy, you never break crouch. Stay and crouched the whole Yeah, way. so it will <laughs> heal you a thousand heals a second, and it will recover your, uh, I forgot what it is, some ridiculous number. I think it's like 700 magicka and stamina recovery every second. Like, it's the it most incredible <laughs> healer build if you use symbiosis with Dalek Bray. Someday, we're going to get you to try it. One day. What a weird thing. <laughs> I know. I bet you'll only get that nugget of information at the scrolling podcast. <laughs> only, <laughs> only from, from the Uncle official, Sam. Yeah, yeah, only from the official build uh, consultant. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Scrolling podcast. Well, so, uh, Dave, is that all you had about Davius? He's, he's, um, <laughs> I, I. I don't know. I mean, like I said, if you like a healer, I think it's a. It is a. The best part about this build is that it is just strictly an amplify the team build. And it is, uh, I highly recommend, if you like a, a kind of a buff paladin type of, of play style, like this is this is kind of that character, the ESO version of that character. Take credit for, sure. for 30% of total damage done That's right. by the That's team. That's the rule. Well, 30% is too high. The, the oh. rule is you get 3% of everybody else's total kills. You get, you know, oh, not okay. asking for too much. 3% of their total kills, you get credit for this. That's fair, <laughs> you know, because you're, you're getting the glory for all the heel, heels and stuff too. Yeah, so we don't want to take yeah. too much glory, you know. You keep, keep it, you know, keep ourselves humble. Well, the build that I've been spending a lot of time with the last couple of weeks is um, Bobby Bobango, my Bow Crow, my Stamina Necromancer. Um, this dude has evolved quite a bit. I've been kind of searching for a new setup for him. I try to. A bunch of different things, um, and I think I finally found one that I'm really happy with. It is an Oaken Soul build. This is nice. my first like offensive Oaken Soul build. Love it. I love that you're coming over, dude. I love it. I, I really, really like it, and and it's genuinely like the Oaken Soul setup is the superior, like the best version of this mm-hmm. build I have come across so far. You get addicted to those buffs. I, you do get spoiled to like not having to recast your buffs and stuff like that. I've been playing other characters at the same time too so i don't like get too spoiled to that because <laughs> i can see it's just like everything's ready all the time it's just like i just push the button that i need when the time is right you know you yep. can just like so live in the moment when you have oak and soul so nice um 
And I was I was skeptical about like like what an offensive Oakensole build would be like. Like I can't, I don't, one bar is not enough. I'm not going to have all the stuff that I need. Um, but it this is actually proven to be a really good build. Like I said, the best version of this build I've tried so far. Um, so the the gear setup is uh, five pieces Swamp Raider, five pieces Morog Tong, uh, the Oakensole ring, and one piece Magma Incarnate. Uh, so it's all about that poison and disease damage. Swamp Raider gives you uh, 600 weapon spell damage to poison and disease. Uh, and Morog Tong, whenever you deal, uh, what was it again? I think when, when you deal direct damage, uh, you cause the target to take 10% additional poison and disease damage. So I think those two things combined, that's the most poison and disease damage you can have in yeah. a build, I'm pretty sure. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, and it works really well. If you'll notice, no wretched vitality, no gaze of Sithis. Whoa. I've, uh, I've branched <laughs> out. So. <laughs> I know. Changed everything. <laughs> I know. Uh, it, it is possible. But, uh, man, I, I love this build. Uh, the damage combo is really simple. It's just um, Blast Bones, or it consists of Blast Bones, Venom Skull, Magnum Shot, and the Toxic Barrage Ultimate. Um. I was really, really back and forth between Venom Skull as my spammable or Lethal Arrow, the the poison morph of Snipe. Um, you you guys can both back me up. You heard me on Discord time and time and time again. Like, which one should I use? Let me try Lethal <laughs> Arrow again. Well, that's pretty good, but let me try Venom Skull again. Well, that's pretty good too. And it's just back and forth for like two weeks straight. I finally, I think I really have settled on Venom Skull. Although Lethal Arrow is pretty good. <laughs> we'll see. Well, uh, next episode, there'll be going to be another update. <laughs> no, I think for real, I have, I have settled on Venom Skull. Lethal Arrow is definitely more damage. And when you land that combo, I mean, it's, it's brutal and it, it really hits hard and it, it's a lot more damage. But I find that I very rarely actually land the combo. Like people are just trained. They hear that thwack noise from Snipe and they just dodge and you... You might hit them with one snipe, but then that's for sure it. You're not going to hit them with a second one. And one's not going to be enough to, to kill them. Um, Grizzly Khan says Venom Skull is way cooler. That is also very, very true. <laughs> the real um, reason. Let's get to the real reasons, kid. I mean, hey, that's definitely a factor. But honestly, even just functionally, I find that with Venom Skull, I'm actually able to land my combo most of the time. You know, even though Lethal Arrow is technically more damage, it's. It's zero damage if it doesn't hit anybody. Um, Venom Skull, it's you know it's poison damage, so both the five piece sets uh, apply to it. Uh, every third cast deals twenty percent more damage, and um, since it's the stamina morph, Blast Bones counts towards that third cast, so it's really kind of more like every second cast deals twenty percent more damage. So it's really not bad damage at all, and it's an instant cast. It doesn't have that cast time the way Snipe does. Uh, it doesn't have that really obvious audio cue that just like triggers people's lizard brains to just roll dodge automatically. <laughs> um, so I really recommend it. And it does look very, very cool. I think using that in combination with blast bones, it just, it, you know, it's very thematic, uh, feels very Halloweeny. Uh, I, I like it. And, and, and Bobby Bobango is very Halloweeny, if you will. <laughs> yes. If it it's his aesthetic in particular, for sure. Um, so, but Lethal Arrow, definitely an option. Uh, anyone, you know, uh, who likes that uh, instead of Venom School, that's totally a valid option. Uh, another option, too, if you're facing like a lot of Nightblades, you need an anti-stealth solution. 
you can get rid of Magnum Shot and put Bombard on its place. That way you still have a CC ability, but it's one that you can use to pull Nightblades out of stealth. That's a, that's a good little flex option there. But otherwise, I, I do prefer having Magnum Shot if I don't need that. Um, do not sleep on the Toxic Barrage Ultimate. This is the, um, the, the bow ultimate, the morph that's like the channeled attack, that like you're stuck in that animation while you're doing it, right? That the fact that you're stuck in that animation has always been a huge turnoff to me. I've always preferred the turret one that I can just cast it and it's it's going while I'm free to do whatever else I want to do. And that's a good ultimate too, but man, Toxic Barrage is so much damage. Um, for one, this morph deals poison damage, so both the five-piece sets apply to it. That's a big reason I want to use it. Uh, it's also just an, an astronomical amount of damage. On my character, the tooltip, uh, is over 94,000 damage over four seconds. That's almost that's like, as good as the beam. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Almost as good as the beam <laughs> uh, for an ultimate. Um, so that's like, um, that's like 23K DPS, you know, before mitigation or anything else is applied like that. It's just an absolute ton of damage. But the, the sleeper part of that, of this ultimate, is the fact that it applies a secondary, like, sticky dot to the target like once you hit them with it even after the the ultimate is over there's this this eight second dot my tooltip is 50 like fifty two thousand damage uh, over eight seconds so that's like 6k dps that's about like a little bit less than like what the destro ult would do it's still very strong um and that's what sneaks up on people the the initial channeled attack i mean it's a ton of damage and it'll kill most people but some people will survive it and they'll kind of breathe this sigh of the relief like okay the ultimate's over i survived it and sometimes they'll start going on offense at that point and they don't realize they still have this really really strong dot on them um so but at this point you're out of that channeled attack you're not stuck in that animation anymore so you can start throwing your normal combo at them uh, and that's when they're really in danger and that's when you'll actually get a lot of people I can vouch for that. I, you've killed me specifically with that in a BG once where I got killed by the dot after not so paying attention. Nasty. Yeah, Like I had line of sight at you and then I died to the dot. That's the worst part is you'll line of sight it and you think you're safe. You'll go around the corner and then you're dead and you're like, wait, what just happened? Yep. You heard it from Uncle Sam himself. Cat killed Uncle Sam one time. Oh, goodness. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> here oh, here we, we go. go we, have, we, have, we have it on record. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that ultimate is awesome. The, the, the channel, the fact that you're in that stuck in that animation might be kind of a turnoff, but I got over that really quick because it's such a huge amount of damage. You usually will kill people with the channeled attack. Um, if that doesn't kill them, you very likely will kill them within a few seconds after that, because that, that secondary dot that's on them. Also, while you're stuck in that animation, um, you have full movement speed. Um, so like sometimes what I'll do is, um, cause that, that channel attack only lasts four seconds. And if you do a roll dodge with a bow, you get four seconds of major expedition. So you can just like do a roll dodge, then the ultimate, and you have major expedition the entire time. You can stay like right on somebody. Like if they're trying to line of sight, you or someone like they just cannot get away. Of course I have three swift. So I'm just like right there on them. Uh, and you can't be CC'd by your channeling it either. Another good thing. So Toxic Barrage, definitely the way to go. The healing kit is just Vigor and Resistant Flesh. And that's ample. I mean, that's all, that's all anybody needs for their healing kit. You cast a Vigor and then a Resistant Flesh, and your health bar is full. You're all good. 
Um, one really nice thing about Resistant Flush is it's my only Magicka costing ability. So I have like 20k Magicka, and the only thing it's for is just to hammer this really powerful burst heal that I can use on myself or my teammates or whatever. So I really like that. So um, once I kind of add up all the things I'm giving up by not having a back bar versus all the things I'm getting with um, the Oaken Soul Ring and, and, and all of that, basically what I'm really sacrificing out of this build is I don't have any snare removal and I don't have any anti-stealth unless I flex in Bombard. Um, so that basically that's the solution to the anti-stealth is if I, if I really need it, I can flex that, uh, that ability in. As far as snare removal, I feel like since I'm a ranged build, I'm not getting snared that often. It's not that much of an issue. Plus, I have lots of movement speed. So if I do get snared, I can mitigate it pretty well. That's really not much of a problem. I really don't feel like I'm giving up. I, I feel like I'm gaining a lot more than I'm giving up with Oaken Soul, honestly. Um, the damage is really, really good. Uh, for, for being a bow build, you guys have heard me complain a lot of times. It's hard to have good damage as a bow build. It just, it's just hard to find the damage. Uh, this is the most I've found for like just kind of a straightforward bow build. It's uh, I'm surprised at how well-rounded it is for being just like a single bar build. You know, he has a powerful offensive combo. He has a totally like adequate defensive kit. He has group support. He has movement speed. And I know it's, you know, it's like something I'm, I'm late to the party here, you know, but it's just so mind-blowing. It's all on one bar. It's all just Listen, right there, ready we, to go. We went to Ket's door. We knocked on the door. We handed him the Oakensole pamphlet. He took it. He read it over, <laughs> and he's been showing up to every meeting since. Yep. <laughs> Sam, you haven't used it yet. Like, I, I can't express to you enough, I like, until you actually experience it. Like, I never have to cast a buff. They're all active <laughs> all so the time. Nice. It's such a beautiful uh, thing. There and, is no back bar. And what were you saying, Davius? Well, I just, one of my favorite things about it is it just, and I mean, obviously I'm getting to the point where every build I use it, but you just throw it on there and it just fills in so many holes for you on the build. Like it gets your, your weapon and spell damage. It gives that a buff and it, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry about any of your buffs, which is fantastic. And there's just so many of these minor buffs that you usually don't have on a build that it just throws on there for you. You just kind of get spoiled to it where you're like, oh, I, I have minor mending now. I have minor heroism. I have minor berserk at all times. Yeah, minor force. Minor yeah. force. I've got that at all times now. You just, you get so spoiled to it. It's, it's such a good, such a great, great mythic. I want to use it. And uh, Grizzly Khan in the chat just found out it's only $13.19 right now on sale. Oh, okay. Uh oh, I know. I'm thinking well, about hey, the we're, we Knock on his door. Get him a pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just, I really like how it's so. It's such a complete and well-rounded build, just all right there on one bar. You know, like I can be uh, attacking someone one second, heal a teammate, go right back to attacking someone, and I, like I don't miss a beat. You know, there's like not a not a moment's hesitation from one action to the next because. You know, everything's ready to go all the time. Um, so I have kind of started kind of playing with a bit of a supportive mindset. Like Davis, we've talked about this concept of a support brawler in the past mm -hmm. where you're, you're a damage-focused build, but you're playing with a supportive mindset. Uh, I'm kind of am thinking of this dude as a support archer kind of <laughs> guy. All uh, right. So, 
So he's like hanging back, you know, he's providing suppressive fire with those long range attacks. He's uh he's tossing heals to teammates when they need it and he's using that long range perspective to to like maintain a good kind of perspective of the situation, maintain good situational awareness. Uh he, he uses that mobility to keep good positioning and all of that stuff. Kind of like what I was talking about with my Stamplar, how I'm just I'm trying to just do whatever the team needs from one moment to the next. And Okunzol just makes that so easy because it's just it's all just right there. Like it just makes the the mental processing factor so yeah. so much snappier. You can just you're, there's no hesitation whatsoever. Yeah. How is the movement? Um, is do you wear any swift? Three swift, and he's a wood swift. elf, and he has a bow, so he's very fast. He's speedy, quick. very speedy. Medium armor. So he's yeah, he's totally speed capped. It's, it's, uh, I mean, just wait, Sam. It's concerning how addicted you will get to not having to worry about buffs anymore. I know. It seems like a better way to play. It's fun. I I know that I couldn't do it on every build. Like I did, uh, kind of theoretically in the build editor, put a Oaken, try to put an Oaken Soul version of my main, my Stamplar together. And it's just like, nah, there's no way. It's a totally different kind (laughs) of build now. I couldn't possibly do it. So uh, there's no day. I don't think I'm in any danger of, of it taking over my entire roster like some people um <laughs> <laughs> some people out there I, i've heard i've heard about those people i've yeah. i've heard of those people like some uh nord enthusiasts i know <laughs> but yeah it's just it's a really great build it's easy to play it's super fun it gets really good results uh one more time it was uh five piece swamp raider five piece morog tong oaken soul one piece magma um let's see other than that, uh, those, those are all the builds we have to talk about. You can look forward to in the next episode. I'm probably going to be talking about some Stamina Templar again, uh, even though I just talked about her not that long ago. There's been some uh, some developments uh, and also have some Stam DK action as well. I have a really cool DK build I've been uh, playing around with. So we'll talk about that next time. Also want to give everyone a quick public service announcement. I'm sure most people listening are already well aware, but I'm a little late to the party on this one uh, with the Order's Wrath set. Uh, it's a crafted set from High Isle. Uh, quick reminder, it gives you a line of crit chance, a line of weapon and spell damage, another line of crit chance, and the five piece gives you uh, 943 crit chance, and it uh, increases your critical damage and critical healing by 8%. So I'm bringing this up because if you're not aware, this is the new Mother Sorrow. Get rid of your Mother Sorrow, put this in its place, and it's going to be a better build, probably for the most part. And what's really nice is this is, a, I think, a three-trait crafted set. You can craft it in any weight, any trait. Basically, anybody can get their hands on it. You're not going to have to pay exorbitant amounts of gold uh, to get a hold of it. Um Real quick comparison to Mother Sorrow. Mother Sorrow, basically when you add the whole set up, it's basically giving you 13% crit chance uh, and then a, like an extra line of Max Magica, basically what that whole set is giving you. Uh, Order's Wrath is 10% crit chance, uh, but then a line of weapon and spell damage instead of Max Magica, and then it's increasing all your crit damage and heals by 8%. So basically, 3% less crit chance that you're getting from Order's Wrath, but you're getting that weapon and spell damage and the 8% uh, crit damage and heals. Definitely coming out ahead there. Um, so for like my PvE Magblade, he uses, right now he uses uh, Mother Sorrow and Zogvin's Warband. Um, this is going to take the place of Mother Sorrow, and I think that's going to be good. I haven't done it yet, but that's the plan. You guys... Uh, 
eyeballed this set at all? Have any thoughts about using it? I love the the set, and I would, if I was using Race Against Time on my Nightblade, I would actually swap this onto my PvP Nightblade as well. It's not only like one of the best uh, versatile PvE sets, but it's just as good in PvP. Oh yeah, I could see it being great on a Nightblade. Yeah. I can see it be, being good on a Templar too, like a Khajiit Templar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would not be bad. Excellent set. Yeah, we kind of glossed over it when it first popped up. We're like, yeah, seems solid anyway, and kind of <laughs> moved on. But it's actually like one of the most solid sets we have now. And to have something that sort of dethrones Mother's Sorrow as kind of a staple PvE set, that's kind of an event in this game, I would think. It's been a while. Agreed. Yeah, I would say it's not maybe the single most damage set in the game for any specific scenario, but I would say it's probably the most damage in the game for all scenarios. Yeah, like just, especially for PvE, I would think, like, yep. hard hard to go wrong putting that on just about any build. Well, and very, I mean, so easy to get. Three three trait, craftable, you can put it, you know. Whatever weight, yeah. Let me yeah, double check. Great. Yeah, so orders, right, I'm going to double check the traits. I thought, it, I think it was three. Yeah, three. So, yeah, easy. I mean, you can't craft it yourself. You can pester somebody in your guild or someone, someone will do it. Um. All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about that you've been up to in game before we close this mother out? I guess <laughs> not. Uh, emails and shout outs. No emails this week, but uh, shout out to the chat. We have Dr. Professor Grizzly Khan, Wilhelm. Uh, Skuma was in here earlier. Is that everybody? Thank you all for being here. Thank you very much. We, we greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to send us an email, you can email us at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Ask us any questions, make any suggestions for the show, tell us a joke, say hello, anything you want. Scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. We have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons. Davius? Best named guild. Best one out there. Best named guild on the server. Everyone knows it's true. Uh, and it's also the official guild of the Scrollin' Podcast. If you'd like to be a member of Stoons Goons, send us an email at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com and we'll send you an invite. If your guild roster is full or if you just don't care about guilds in game and uh, Discord's more your thing, um, then come join our Discord uh, and we'll get you in there. And that's really where most of the action's happening anyway. That's where everybody's talking and hanging out and, and, and all that stuff. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't know about Davius, but as oh far boy, as I'm concerned, go. anyone who's in the Discord is a fully-fledged goon. Um, so scrollingpodcast at gmail.com, uh, and we'll get you in there. Just, you know, next time you're in the game, just just throw it out there in zone chat. What's the best name guild? You'll get the answer. Yeah, you oh. know, I was about to say that. I, I often have people come up to me and are mm-hmm. like, hey, mm-hmm. have you heard about that really awesomely named guild? Um, <laughs> you know what they're talking about. You know yeah. what guild they're talking about. They always, the other person always follows it up with, oh, yeah, that's the best named guild I've uh, heard in, best in the Elder Scrolls best Online. Best named guild in the Elder Scrolls Online. Seems pretty common. Sure is really. a good name. Yeah. Sure is a good one. <laughs> I love this, the being the hyper-specific on, on that detail. <laughs> uh Anyway, I just I thought we should mention it's our 90th episode. Not quite to 100 yet, but... 90? 90. 90's a lot. You know? Yeah, that's high. That's still good, you know? Yeah, that's an A, A-. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've hit the A's. 
you know, uh, we'll probably have a little bit more of a retrospective on episode 100. That'll be like 20 mm-hmm. weeks from now. But, uh, you know, people listening, thanks for following us this far. Uh, as far as people that are in the chat right now, I think Grizzly Khan is the one that goes back the farthest. Grizzly, did you get on episode number one or when did you jump on? It was it was before it was within the first ten. I know. We, yeah, we got at some point we got to look up the first episode that had the shout out Grizzly Con. Yes, we got to figure that out. Grizzly may have it tattooed on his like <laughs> back or something. Episode eight, he already knows. <laughs> he, he knew it. He knew it. Uh, Doctor Professor, Dr. Professor episode fifteen. Oh, very nice. Doctor P fifteen, I think, is when we we kind of found our groove. That's a good time to start. So Grizzly Khan probably saw some things on the beach. Oh, he saw some things. Yeah. He saw some things he can't unsee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, poor audio production is what he saw. Uh, so, yeah, uh, thanks for hanging with us for 90 episodes, guys. Grizzly says, shout-outs didn't yeah. start until around 15, I think. You're probably right. That sounds about right. 90 episodes. That's when I started kind of putting like thought into <laughs> started thinking about what was what was happening yeah. like, I guess was just two, there are some people listening to this thing if we should like push some structure oh, to it or man. something oh man that's good um uncle sam thank you so much for being here again dude always a pleasure thanks for having me uh so we'll see you again in about a year when we do the next bg report davius anything else i think that's it sam anything to plug before we go Oh, I got nothing. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye, So anyway, we have a list of 10, 11 if you count oh, werewolves. Oh, oh. Sam, Sam's so gone right now, too. No, no, no. I just got Oh, oh shoot. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, right. yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>